Thank you for downloading the podcast. We pray the Word of God will richly bless you today. Now let's get right into the Word with Pastor Rusty Martin. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. For you must give expression to that which is working on the inside of you. My word is mighty and strong to deliver, powerful to heal and bless. And as my word works in your spirit and rises up into your soul, it looks for a place of expression in your life, a song of praise, a song of worship, a lifting of the hands, a shout of the voice, a dance of the feet, that that which you give unto me in recognition of my word working in you. And I will hasten and watch over my word to perform it. And I will bring it to pass in your life. And you shall see the blessing of God overtake you in the way. But you're the one that can cause the acceleration thereof. You're the one that can cause it to come quickly into your life. For I do not hesitate to bless my children. I do not hold back the blessings of God from you. But as you worship and glorify and exalt my name, it removes the obstacles and hindrances both inside and out so that you might experience the fullness of what I've provided for you in Christ Jesus. So even this day, as you worship, as you praise my name, remember it's working something far greater from the unseen to the seen so that you might enjoy and relish and worship and revel in the blessings that I give unto you. So lift up your hands even this day and thank me for that which is working in your heart and you shall see it come to pass. Thank you, Lord. Well, let's... Ephesians chapter 6. Now, we're studying the subject of faith. And I don't know, I, I am so thankful to God that I have been able to be around the message of faith for all the years that I have. Not only, not only the, the ministry years of my life, but the, but the younger years of my life as a child, as a, as a little boy in Sunday school, as a, as a CA. Anybody know what a CA is? We have any CAs? Me and Ella, I guess, are the only two CAs in here. That's Christ Ambassadors. That's the youth ministry of the Assemblies of God. And... Uh, uh, Understanding that the subject of faith is a very important subject. You know, the Bible says in Hebrews 11, verse 6, without faith it's impossible to please God. You know, that's the only place in which impossible and God are put together. Amen. So if impossible and God and faith are put together in one scripture, we ought to figure out faith. Amen. Now, here's the thing. If God demands faith of us, but does not give us uh, an enormous amount of information of how it operates, how it comes, uh, how it works, uh, but He demands it up, He'd be an unjust God. But the Word of God is not only full of the principles of faith, there's also an enormous amount of stories in the Word of God in which people responded by faith to God and received the miraculous. Amen? Now, He's still the same God. God hadn't changed. The God that brought... brought, uh, Israel up out of Egypt with ten mighty miracles that, 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 that fed them manna, that gave them water, that there was a cloud by day and fire by night that brought them into a land that flowed with milk and honey. He's the same God that we serve today. 
except there's been an enhancement. You say, what do you mean? There's been a greater access granted through the work of His Son Jesus in which He had restored the family of God back upon the earth where the whosoevers that will call upon His name can leave the cursed family, the human family, and get into God's family. Amen? And faith becomes what? Faith becomes the protocol of the family of God. It's one of the six basic doctrines of Christ. It's talked about in Hebrews chapter 6. And all through the Gospels, as Jesus ministered, 19 different miracles recorded. Of those 19, 12 were initiated by the individual that needed the miracle. And Jesus responded to them by this, with this phrase, Your faith has made you whole. Or your faith has healed you. Or go your way, your faith has made you whole. Or our woman, great is your faith. Amen. So we see it not only in its principle, we also see it in its operation. Now we've been studying the principles, and we're going to get into some of the operation here in the, in the months to come, in the weeks to come, excuse me. Uh, but we must understand that, that, first of all, we know faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. Secondly, the primary way in which faith is released is through our confession. Thirdly, we must act on the Word of God. But then there comes the most important component. And that is making a stand of faith. I dare say the majority of this congregation, what you are believing God for, you are making or attempting to make a stand of faith. Can I get a better amen than that? So, so these, this information ought to greatly help you as you not just listen, but you hear it with your heart and act upon it. Now, the Bible says in, in, in Mark chapter 11, you don't have to turn there, but it's down there around verse 25, 26. It says, whatsoever things you desire, when you pray, when you pray, believe you receive it. And you shall have it. Everybody say shall. So there is a space in between the time you believe you receive and the time you shall have it. You understand that? That's the arena in which many Christians fail. That's where the stand of faith must take place. And that's where you mean to need to make a decision, to, for, for, for lack of a better way to say it, to dig your heels in and make a decision. I'm not going to be denied what I'm believing God for. I'm not going to try and figure out how it's coming. I'm not going to try to figure out where it's going to come to. All I know is God is going to get His provision to me because I am standing in faith. Now, now notice Ephesians 6. Let's look at it just a minute. There in verse, chapter 6, verse 10. Finally, my brother, now notice this, be strong in the Lord. But now notice, sometimes we feel so weak, but the Bible doesn't say be strong in yourself. Uh, so many times we try to muster willpower, thinking willpower is going to be the predominant component that's going to get us over. Thank God for people with a strong will. I, I was listening to a testimony the other day. I've heard it so many times I could probably almost lip sync it. But I was listening to, to, to Brother Hagen's testimony of being healed uh, of three major blood diseases, uh, of total paralysis and a deformed heart. 16-year-old uh, boy, uh, uh, reading his, uh, Baptist boy, reading his grandma's Methodist Bible. And he stood 16 months paralyzed in bed. Some months he couldn't even see. Many months he could only read the Bible uh, 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 one hour at a time during the day. And he, he finally got a hold of Mark 11. 22, 23, 24, 25, he got a hold. And he believed he received his healing. He believed he received his healing. Did you get that? 
And I've heard him tell the testimony with tears glistening in his eyes every time. It's such a moving testimony. About how he crawled up on that bedpost. He felt nothing. His legs were limp as noodles. He crawled up on that bedpost and held himself there. And he said, I want to declare before God, before Jesus, before all the angels and the devil himself, I am the healed of God and I believe I receive my healing. He said at that point, he said something that felt like warm honey hit him on the top of the head and went down his feet, went down his body, down through his trunk of his body, down through his legs and his feet. He said, I had my eyes closed. Next thing I knew, I wasn't holding on to the bedpost. I had my hands lifted in the air praising God. And 86 years of, I mean, excuse me, he lived to be 86 years old, but he had 60-something years of fruitful ministry. But in his testimony, he made this statement. Now, he had gone back to high school. He's about six foot two, six foot three, tall, tall guy. But he only weighed 89 pounds. And it scared his teachers, especially the lady teachers. They thought he was going to fall over dead in the class. So they called him into the principal's office. And the principal said, you know, we've talked to your doctors, and we've talked to your mother, and we've talked to the teachers, and everybody's afraid. Do you think you ought to really be in school? And, and the principal made this statement to him. He said, Kenneth, he said, you know, the doctor said about you, that boy's got the strongest willpower that I've ever seen in anybody on the earth. He said, he's up by willpower. Brother Hagin said, he said, I turned to the, to the principal. I said, no, I'm not up by willpower. I'm up by faith. He said, when he said that, the tears began to roll down his principal's face. He said, didn't you just come to school? He said this then. He said, the principal said, now listen. He said, if you ever feel weak, you just get up out of your, get, get up out of your chair and go on home. You don't have to come by the office. You don't need to ask a teacher's permission. If you need a drink of water, you just go get a drink of water. If you have a, a class up on one of the higher stories of the school, you just, he said, he thought he was doing me a favor, but he wasn't. He said, I never left early. He said, I never, I never did not go to my class on the third floor. He said, I never went and got a drink of water. He said, I knew if I did that, I would deny my faith. So we have to understand there is a stand of faith that, that it, doesn't, it, doesn't, it doesn't end when you receive. Many times it begins when receiving starts. Amen. Amen. Now, notice, be strong in the Lord. Everybody say, strong in the Lord. In that testimony, the reason I told that testimony, Brother Hagin wasn't strong with willpower. He was strong in the Lord. Because he said many times at the end of the day, because he had to walk two miles to school, he said many times at the end of the day, I didn't know if I could walk home. But he was strong in the Lord. Everybody say strong in the Lord. Be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. Oh, how much might does God have? How much might does God have? You've got to call on that might though. It says, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to, uh, be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, against rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. Now notice this. And having done all. Now here's the key. And having done all to stand. Now let me say that again. There is the key right there to standing in faith. Having done all. So let's go back to the very beginning of our principles. What are you standing on? Well, Pastor Rusty, I'm just believing God. You're not standing on nothing. You're standing on an emotion. And I'm telling you, people can get real emotional. They can cry. I'm still believing. I believe God can do a miracle. That's going to get you nothing. And people don't like to hear that. Because sometimes we think God's going to respond to our emotion. Listen, if God responded to emotion, I'd cry myself $10 million and build that building. 
Come on, church. He responds to faith. He responds to people that will stand in faith. So there are people that get real emotional. Well, Pastor, I tell you, I've cried and I've prayed. And I believe, I believe God just going to answer my prayer because He's a good God. No, He's not. He's going to answer your prayer because you have found in His Word something that relates to your condition. And you have made a stand upon that Word. You have made a decision. I've got something here. My God shall supply all of my need according to His riches and glory by Christ. And I am standing in faith in the name of Jesus that He'll do just what He says. He is not a liar. Come on, church. You've got to begin at the beginning. So then faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. What is the Word that you're standing on? When you make a decision to get into the Word of God, you should have... Scripture after Scripture after Scripture. Man, I've got prayer logs. I've got faith logs. I've got prosperity logs. I've got so many different notebooks around me. And it's Scripture after Scripture after Scripture after Scripture. And if you were to come to my house and say, what are you standing on? I'd get you a stack of notebooks about this big. And I'd say, this is what I'd stand on. And I'd put my Bible on the top of it. Because the notebooks are full of the Word of God. The Scriptures of prosperity. The Scriptures of healing. The Scriptures of success in our ministry and church. The Scriptures of that which we're believing God for. Taking the Word of God and applying it directly to that which I'm believing God for. The Bible says nothing's impossible with Him. I said the Bible says nothing is impossible. I like to amplify it. It says no Word of God is void and without power. Man, when you're standing on the Word of God, you're standing on the power of God. Listen, all of heaven will back up God's Word. One of the things I heard in somebody criticizing the Word of Faith, they call it the Word of Faith cult now. Oh, my God. They just deify the Word. We don't deify the Word. God deified the Word. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. Jesus, when we see Him in His glory, in that millennial reign, in all of His magnificent glory, there'll be a great big old sash across Him that says this, The Word of God. Go read Revelations. He is the Word, was the Word, forever will be the Word. And when you're standing on the Word of God, you're standing on the rock that cannot be moved. You're standing on Jesus. Amen. Secondly, in order to stand, you've got to speak. Whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea, shall not doubt in their heart, but believe in those things which they say it shall come to pass, they shall have whatsoever they say it. Notice, one time, one time in that scripture, the emphasis is on believing. Three times it's on what? You're going to have to start saying it. You're going to have to start saying it. You're just going to have to start saying it. That's why every service we say, thank you, Heavenly Father, for our building. Why? Because you're just going to have to say it. It takes a lot more saying to get $10 million than it does to get 10. It takes a lot more people saying it to get $10 million than it does to get $10. But I'm telling you, we keep saying it, and we keep saying it, and we keep saying it, and we keep saying it. The Bible says life and death are in the power of the tongue. Jesus said, by your words you'll be justified. By your words you'll be condemned. I'm telling you, whatever you need from God, you need to get that word, and you need to start speaking it. 
You got a problem with your body? You need to speak that word to that problem in your body. You got a problem in your finances? You need to speak that word to that problem in your finances. You got a problem in your mind? You need to speak that word to that problem in your mind. Every time you speak the word, your faith grows stronger. You stand more solid. And God is closer and closer to magnifying, or excuse me, uh, 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 causing his word not to return void, but accomplishing that word to you sin it. Some of you need to send the word to your liver. Send the word to your heart. Send the word to your, to your muscles. Send the word to your skin. Send the word to your children. Amen. The Bible says, where is it? Jeremiah chapter 1. I hasten my word to perform it. So, you're, you're believing the word. Faith comes by hearing. You're speaking the word. Then we talked about for two weeks, acting on the word. So that's, that's where this question comes up. All right, Pastor, I'm telling you, man, I tell you, I believe the Word. You want to come see my notebook? I've got There's my scriptures. This is what I'm standing on for healing. This is what I'm standing on for prosperity. This is what I'm standing on for my breath. Okay, and I, Pastor, I'm, tell, I'm speaking the Word, speaking the Word, speaking the Word, and I'm telling you, uh, uh, prosperity, I'm tithing and offering. I'm doing what I'm saying. I'm telling you, with my body, I'm, I'm acting on the Word. Every area, I'm, I'm doing, uh, but nothing's out. What do I do now? Now you stand. Now you stand. After, you, after having done what? Now that's a lot of people's problem. They haven't done all yet. But if you've done that, now is the time to stand in faith. Now, we're right there in, right there in Ephesians. Just go over a, like, like two or three pages to Philippians. Let me read a couple of scriptures here that I'm going to, just for a few minutes. I've got nine minutes. We're going to do this. Philippians chapter, chapter 4, verse 4. Now it says, Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. And, everybody say and. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ. I love this in the Amplified. Verse 6. Do not fret or have anxiety about anything. Well, the doctor said, Do, don't, don't fret. Don't have anxiety. Well, well, this is what they're saying at the job. No, don't fret. Don't have anxiety. Come on, church. Well, this is what they're saying about the economy. This is what they're saying about the stock market. This is what they're saying about my body. This is their, what they, no, no. Actually, a good way to define what's being said here is this. Do not worry. My, my amens always get weaker on that one. Because the human family has developed into master warriors. Some of you, before you got saved, you were an expert at it. You worry over everything. You got kin folks that if you can't worry enough, they'll worry for you. You got kin folks that worry about you now because you come to Island Church. But let me say this it is a sin to worry. People, I don't like to hear that because people are so adept to it. But you've got to understand, in the light of the Word of God and your confession and acting upon it as you make a stand of faith, you can't afford to worry. 
And what worry is, is negative meditation. And I want you to know, if you want to worry, you've got an adversary called the devil who will give you all the information you'll ever need to worry about. He'll get it to you from the internet, from the television, from Aunt Ruby and Uncle Bill. He'll get it to you from your next door neighbor, the people that you were. He'll make sure that there's a flood of information to worry about. But the Bible says, I like this. Do not fret or have anxiety about anything. But in every circumstance and in everything, by prayer and petition, definite request with thanksgiving, thank you, Lord, for our building, continue to make your wants known to God. Continue, continue, continue. That's where you're making that stand. Thank you for my healing, Lord. Thank you for my prosperity. Thank you that my mind is healed. Thank you that my body's healed. My organs are healed. Amen? It says, and God's peace shall be yours. That tranquil state of soul, assured of its salvation through Christ, and so fearing nothing from God, and being content with its earthly lot of whatever sort that is, that peace which transcends all understanding shall garrison and mount and guard over your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. So you cannot stand in faith without a garrison around your mind. Satan will try to talk you out of everything that God has. Listen, he'll try to talk you out of your salvation. Has anybody in here ever had the devil try to tell you you wasn't saved? If you haven't, get saved and he'll try it. <laughs> Amen? Now, I wrote some, things, some notes. I pulled this out of a, uh, uh, some notes that I'd made in teaching on this. In order to make a stand of faith, you must, number one, recognize what faith is. If you don't know anything about faith, how in the world are you going to make a stand of faith? So many people think, think that all faith is is the lettering on the outside of the church. How many people that I've witnessed to on airplanes, on the street, in restaurants, in stores, in duck blinds, in fishing boats, all over the place where I've talked to them about the Lord and said, you know, uh, 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 you know do you know the Lord? Do you know Jesus? Are you born again? They say, well, I go to the Methodist church. Well, I'm a Baptist. Well, I'm a Catholic. Well, I, that has nothing to do with faith. It's not of what faith are you, it's what are you doing with the faith that you have. So you must understand what faith is. Faith is the force produced by God in your heart that comes from His Word and the power in that Word. He not only empowers you to understand that Word through revelation, He empowers you to receive its power in order to strengthen you so you can stand and see the end results of your faith. For Jesus, who is the Word, is the author and the finisher, the one that causes you to believe in the first place and also the one who will bring it to pass. It's all about Him. Listen, most of the stuff I believe, people think I'm crazy. Now, let me just say this. If you're not believing something that people don't think you're crazy to believe, you might check up on your faith. And here's what's amazing. You know, I, I was thinking about this the other day. I was believing God 
You know, we started this building program approximately eight years ago. And in that building process, I thought that this is, now this is, that was, this is my own thinking. I thought, you know, Lord, in, in, in this time, whether it takes two years, five years, eight years, ten years, whatever, however long it's time, I'm going to believe you, Lord, to personally give $100,000 and for the church to give a million dollars. Well, after three years, I'd already given $100,000. I've given much more than that. Now, I think I looked the other day. Personally, we've given around $280,000, Lee and I, in the last eight years. The church, just in the last three years, gave $1.2 million. I didn't go check up on one of the other five years before that. I go check out and find out what that. That's probably another million. So I was believing that just during the look. Look how small my faith was. Look how small. But God is a God that does what exceedingly abundantly above all you can ask or think, according to the what the power of faith that's working in you. Mm-mm-mm. Recognize what faith is. Know when it's there, and know when it's not. Amen. Somebody said, Pastor, you believe in God for a jet airplane? No. Why not? I got the faith for it. I'm believing God for a building. I don't need the distraction of that. Now, here's the thing. God empowers you to believe Him for those things that are the will for your life. Mm, that needs to be said more. Number two, know what you're standing on. The Scripture and it alone. Not, not standing on, well, I go to Island Church. Not standing on, well, I know Pastor Rusty. Not standing on, well, I went to a faith conference. Not standing on none of that. Standing on faith alone, the Word of God. What are you standing I'm standing on, by His stripes I'm healed. Amen. Amen? Know what you're standing on. Your answer to what you're believing must be the Word and the Word alone. Number three. You must maintain a lifestyle of the principles of faith that brought you to the stand. That means as you stand in faith, you continue to believe in your heart. You continue to confess with your mouth. You continue to act on the Word of God. You continue to let faith come. You continue to speak the Word, speak the Word. You continue to act on the Word, act on the Word. In so doing, you're standing on what God has said. You don't say, well, I tell you what, I'm just going to sit around and wait for it to happen. It'll never happen. Amen? Number four, you must worship. Here's what worship does. Worship removes the intimidation of the time factor. You say, what do you mean by that? So number one thing the enemy uses against people who are standing in faith is time. Well, you've been believing God for ten years. You've been believing God for eight years for that building. You've been believing God for that. Listen, the devil will always try and get you off your faith by getting you to look at the clock or the calendar. But if you'll worship God, if you'll worship God, you say, man, you guys, y'all, y'all, y'all worship God. That's all you do around is worship God. Worship. That's because worship does is remove the intimidation of the time factor because worship is timeless. Let me try that again. You say, what do you mean worship is timeless? You're going to do it for eternity. You're not going to tithe for eternity. You're not going to offer for eternity. You're not going to drive to church for eternity. One day, you're going to be in a glorified body, a thousand-year millennial reign, and you're going to find out much of your activity on the planet is to be going to Jerusalem to worship the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And then when that's all over, we're all caught up into that which God has for us and spend an eternity in which God manifests His wisdom through the church. 
What does that mean? Who knows? But it's going to be good. Amen? So you've got to worship God. And the more you worship God, then as you get down the road, you say, what do you mean by that? I'm closer to that money now. We're closer to that building now. I'm closer to all that now than we ever were eight years ago. And we've got markers all along the way that God's not only in it, but that He's with us. You say, what do you mean? We got a land. We got to sign up on the land. You go in my office right now, you'll see a big roll of paper that big. We've got all the, we're doing everything we can do in the natural, depending on God to do what we can't do. Now, let me close with this. As you stand in faith, you must determine that what you are involved in, that's why you've got to live for God. You've got to serve God. You can't go out there and live like a heathen and expect faith to work in your life. You've got to live holy. You've got to live righteous. You've got to live upright before God. But as you stand in faith, you must determine that what you are standing on, what you're standing for, what you believe in God for, if it is something in your life that through faith you need to let happen or make happen. Now let me say that again. You need to determine you, faith has come to you through the Word of God. You've got scriptures. You've got it written down. That's what I'm, I'm, I'm believing God. You're speaking it. You've acted upon it. You're standing in faith and you're rejoicing and worshiping God. Now you've got to determine whether or not this is something that you need to let, let happen or make happen. Now let me help you with that. You say, what do you mean by that? There are things in faith that you just have to let it happen. That means, man, you've done all you can do. I mean, you've done it all. And you're going to have to let God be God. Many times, that has to do with relationships, people that you're connected to, uh, a young man looking for a, a wife, a, a young lady believing God for a, for, a, for a husband. You can't let that happen. <laughs> I knew somebody one time. I was preaching in a particular nation. I was in a nation, and this guy told me he was going to fly to this other nation, and, and, and God had spoke to him about marrying this particular woman. And so, you know, he was all fired up. You know, I'm going to go. That's, she's my wife. Praise God. I'm going to go. This is going to happen now. I'm tired of waiting around. I need a wife. So he jumps on a plane. He flies to this nation. He lands in this nation. He walks up to this girl and says, God spoke to me to marry you. She looked at him and said, I wouldn't marry you if you're the last man on this planet. <laughs> said, did they get married? No. He tucked his tail between his legs and ran home. You say, why? You can't make that stuff happen. You can't do it. Uh, uh, in our own uh, uh, relationships with people, you know, uh, our relationship with Pastor Mark Brzee and all the wonderful people that God, we've been around them for now almost 12 years now. Well, we were connected to some people before that, and before that we were connected to some other people, some other people before that. And then there was a time we were just kind of out there alone, and I'm thinking, God, it's not right not to be connected to people. It's not right not to have authority in your life. It's not right to have people that can look into your ministry, judge what you're doing, and make sure it's of God. Amen? And then we get a phone call. A guy that I had known from another church that the guy wasn't even involved in, that, that the Lord gave me a word for him, and he ended up with 10 to 12 years of fruitful ministry in Siberia. So he comes from Siberia and is running Pastor Mark Brzee's Bible school, and he tells Pastor Mark Brzee, he says, you need to get Rusty Martin to come teaching the Bible school. 
what Pastor Mark did, just on that guy's word. And he was, he was not there. I came on, a, came on a Monday and did Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. And on Wednesday, he came in and sat in my last class. And so after it, he came up, and we reintroduced. I'd met him one other time, probably 20 years before, just a handshake. A guy introduces. We just shook hands, and that was it. But then as soon as, as he said, hey, you want to go get some lunch? We went and got some lunch, and by the time that lunch was over, it was like I had a new best friend. It was like he had a new, it's like I met a brother I never knew. And we've been close ever since. We talk almost every week. Pastor Paul Chase was the same way. I've known Pastor Sam for about 30 years, but there's others in my life. You can't make that happen. You've got to believe God that God is going to bring the right relationships into your life. They're going to help you and bless you, but you've got to wait on the Lord for it to happen. With finances, you can't say, well, Pastor, I'm telling you, I'm standing on prosperity scripture. I've tithed and offered. I'm speaking it. Bless God, I'm tired of standing. I'm on my way to Las Vegas. I'm going to get my money. They may get your money. I've seen people do that. It may, it may take a lifetime of believing God to get all the true blessing that God wants to bring into your life. Now, when it comes to that building, there are things we could do to make it happen. You say, what was that? Well, if we just sat around and said, well, God got a building for us somewhere. Somehow, I know there's one out there somewhere. One day we'll stumble across it. <laughs> we be, I don't know, most of y'all were here when we begin to believe God for land. Man, there were one piece came up, another piece. That, the land that we have was the first piece that came up. And it was the most expensive, and they would not budge. For three years, we looked at other land. We actually spent money. To get, a, to get an evaluation of one piece of property to see what we could do with that piece of property. We looked at another piece of property that we would have to remove a whole lot. And so during that time, I ended up up in Tulsa at a meeting I was speaking at, and I told God, I am not leaving here until I know what piece of land is ours. One piece of land was coming to our, our hands, and we thought, that was this is God. We gathered the staff. We put it up on the screen. Look what God has given us. It wasn't it. But we didn't quit. We just kept going through the process, doing what we could do to make it happen. And in that prayer meeting, I mean, in that, in that, in that uh, it was a Fire for the Nations conference, God spoke to me and said, that's your land. And I rejoiced for a moment, praise the Lord. Then I went, oh, wow. That's the most expensive land. Here's how you know when it's God. Say, so how do you know when it's God? He'll give you a plan. God gave me a plan. And so we started that plan. And what was amazing, the first, we, the first uh, uh, one of our precious ladies here that is a, uh, a real estate agent, we worked through her. We made an offer. Now, we'd made offers before. They never would even talk to us, never even look at us. And so they wanted, what was it, sweetie? $12 a square foot for three and a half acres of land. Do the math on that. $12. So we sent them an offer of six. Could you afford six? No! Did you have the down payment for six? No. We sent them an offer of $6 a square foot. They came back at 11. We went, glory to God, they're moving. Something's happening. So we went up to seven. They came down to 10. We went up to eight. They came down to nine and said, that's far as we're going. We said, we'll take it. 
Did you have the money? Not a penny. That was right after our fall harvest of that year. But we stood in faith and we believed. You know what I did? I'm going to make that thing happen. I set a closing date of December the 15th. Remember that, sweetie? She looked at me like I was crazy. You're going to what? I said, we're going to set a closing date of December the 15th. I mean, you've got to do something. And we stood and we rejoiced in every day, every, every service. Thank you, Lord, for our land and our building. Thank you, Lord, for our land and our building. Thank you, Lord, for our... You know what happened? December 15th came and December 15th went. You know what I did? I said, set it for January the 15th. You say, what happened on January the 15th? We walked into the closing at Southern Title with two checks, one for $227,000, the other for $1,116,000, and we paid cash for all that land. You say, why? Because without faith, it is impossible to please God. But faith pleases God, and in the same way, we'll build that building. So there are things you've got to make happen and there are things you've got to let him. He said, how do you know the difference? You've got to pray, and you've got to get in your spirit because the enemy is a master at taking and flipping the two and trying to get you to make happen what you should be letting happening or let happen what you should be making happen. And that's where you get confused. That's where you get discouraged. That's where you want to get up, but give up. But the good news is God will flip that all around and get you right back on your stand of faith because he's got something coming towards your life that it is worth the fight of faith to see it get there. Amen. Lift up your hands and worship God this morning. Father, we worship you. Thank you, Father, for your word that produces faith. Thank you, Father, for every person in this building who is making a stand of faith. I agree with their faith. You said whether two or three agree is touching anything here on the earth. It shall be done of the Father that's in heaven. Father, we thank you for it believe we receive. We call it done in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Well, why don't we lift our hands be dismissed. Father, we bless your name today. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for your power. Thank you for your anointing this day. Father, as we leave today, is, is our tradition, we always declare the protection and safety you afford us by your word. By faith, we leave today. Thanking you, Heavenly Father, that no evil befalls us. No plague comes in our dwelling place. Angels have charge over us. We thank you, Father, that we as your children walk on serpents, scorpions, over all power of the enemy. Nothing shall by any means harm us. So, Father, whether we travel on the highways, the airways, the seaways, the railways, or whether we work up in the medical branch, up in the oil patch, uh, in our own construction business, whether we're, we're secretaries or work in retail, or students, or education, or anything that we do to handle the resource you put in our life, we declare we're not subject to trauma, nor terror, nor evil plans of wicked men, nor the devil himself. For we as your children abide under the shadow of the Most High. Thank you, Father, as we leave today, that there is a door of utterance open for us outside the four walls of this church. Let each and every one recognize that we're ministers of reconciliation. We have the gospel in our heart. Freely we receive, freely we give. So, Father, we thank you that each and every one of us this week will be sensitive to the Holy Ghost in our life so that we might be an answer to somebody's prayer, a miracle in someone's life, a problem to the devil in all that we say and do in interaction with hurting people. Lord, we leave today walking in faith and love towards you. 
We will leave today walking in love toward one another. Thank you for our church. We leave today walking as the ambassadors of Christ you have called us to be. Thanking you, Father, here at Island Church. We're covered by the blood, empowered by the word, and anointed by the Holy Ghost. God bless you. We'll see you on Wednesday. Thank you for joining us today. We trust that you enjoyed the podcast. For service times and special events, visit our webpage at www.islandchurchgalveston.com. You can contact us by phone at 409-770-9113. We are located at 2411 69th Street, Galveston, Texas. And remember to keep looking unto Jesus. He is the author and the finisher of our faith.